Support for this episode is brought to you by my friends at SipTequila.com. Did you know that you can join the Sip Tequila Club? Let their in-house tequila experts hand-select three bottle bundles each month for club members to enjoy. Memberships come with special savings, unique access to specialty bottles, and the ability to manage your membership with ease. You can learn more by going to SipTequila.com. And now, it's time for the show. Kokoro, a Japanese expression that unites the heart, mind, and spirit. The name may not scream Mexico, but the liquid inside their jug certainly does. With authentic traditions and a foundation to give back and impact those around them, Kokoro believes that in perfecting the inside, we can achieve more great and purposeful things on the outside. We're going to hear their story and taste a few of their expressions on this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug Price, and this is the Agave Social Club Podcast. I'm here today with the founder of Kokoro Spirits, Howard Coe, as well as COO, Marcus Jasper. Guys, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us, Doug. Kokoro Spirits started taking shape around 2017. Howard, I know you've got a background in commercial photography, which I'm sure adds a lot of value for the company. But why did you want to start not just a tequila brand, but a spirits brand? Well, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Marcus and I actually were working together in 2017. And it was National Tequila Day. Okay. And we had just wrapped a huge client project. And it was late at night. I was like, Marcus, we got to celebrate. Like, what are we going to do? And, you know, dug through the, the cabinet and found this, this bottle of, of tequila and poured, poured a, a sip for both of us. And it just was transforming because I'll tell you in a little bit, but up until that point, I've always kind of had an aversion to tequila, realizing like, oh, this is what like good tequila can taste like, yeah. you know, was like, oh, shoot, like. And I think a lot of tequila drinkers have had that epiphany, right? Like, oh, we've always had these kind of weird experiences in our, in our college days and our early in our youth where you've developed an aversion to it. And, and that was really the kind of the spark that um, I looked at Marcus and I said, hey, man, like, would it be cool if we did a client like holiday gift, like for friends and family and just like gave everybody tequila? But instead of like buying you know, just like bottles and sending them, let's make our own. And so that was really the the genesis and the and of Kokoro. And even then it wasn't even named Kokoro, but it was just this idea of like, let's put it in a, in a moonshine jug. Let's put some X's on it right now, just as a placeholder. And we liked it so much that it kind of stuck. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like, it's too obvious to put three X's on it. Let's put six X's on it, you know? And that's really like how it just like, <laughs> it ended up being that way. The response during uh, the holidays was just ridiculous. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, is this real? Like, because it had our company name on it and we just only made a hundred bottles of it. But that was, yeah, that was like prototype. I mean, did you actually go? It was a prototype. Is it the same tequila? No, or did no you it's do, not. You it's just kind of had the bottles and, and you just made a specialized gift. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, I just remember like, you know, asking Marcus to go drive down to Total Wine and like, can you just go buy thousands of dollars worth of tequila so that we can repackage it yeah. and put this in? And that's really like what started off is just this, just a creative idea of like, how can we gift this in a different way? You know? And it, it just, uh, it was one of those things where the, the response from everybody was just so overwhelmingly positive. Everyone's like, holy cow, like, is this real? Is this a real thing? And I just said, you know what? Like, let's go figure this out. You know, I've, I've always been driven with this, this need to explore, this need to create. Yeah. And this was just something that felt really cool and an opportunity to like make something that's real and tangible. And to give you a little bit of, of background, Doug, you know, I come from commercial photography, video, filmmaking, design, brand, started off as a commercial photographer and ended up creating a, a creative agency. It was always just built on this need to make things yeah. and make, you know, and that's really like how all of this started. 
And then I learned about tequila. And, and Marcus, you were you were there at the beginning. You were partnering with Howard on this project. So your background as well in the creative of film, video, or, or what was your background? My background is more in operations management. When I worked with Howard, I was in project management, a little bit okay. of marketing. But I had always had a, an affinity for the the creative arts. But that's definitely uh, it's definitely more of Howard's domain. And and you've come on this this whole way. I mean, it's a couple of years that. That Christmas party was years ago, and here you are as COO to to help. Because I know you know starting a, a brand, start, there's a lot that goes into it, and so I'm sure Howard gladly welcomed your expertise and organizational skills to to help continue to to launch this brand and and grow to different markets. Well, I can't take that much credit for it actually to getting it to this point. Okay. <laughs> um, shortly after that that inception of the brand, the story, I uh, I went and worked at Meta for about five years as a program manager and design over there. Okay. I was kind of sitting from the sidelines and watching Howard build up this brand and actually go out and finding his distillers, making these bottles and just turning it into a real thing. When I left, it were just super early stages. And then it was not until recently that he called me up and said, come back and help run operations. And it was it was a perfect opportunity. And you said, yeah, Meta will be fine. I'm good. They're, they're, they'll be, I, think, I think they're going to make it. Ko- Kokoro is a Japanese expression uh, y- uniting the heart, mind, and spirit. It seems like there's a lot of philosophy behind this brand, you know, the foundation. Uh, brand wants to make an impact in, in many areas, not just be another spirits company. What were some of the things that you were thinking through, Howard, you know, when it came to to building this brand. It's one thing to to impress some people at a Christmas party, but as you really start to think through, what is the foundation of this brand? What were some of those things that you were thinking through as this was becoming more of a real thing? The challenge for me, Doug, is, you know, the the vast majority of my career in creative has always been about making pretty things. Yeah. You know, making things that are that are interesting. And I'm at a just at a point in my life where I wanted to kind of not only be able to make beautiful things, but have meaning behind, you know, and as, you know, kind of punny as it is, it's like Kokoro is a distillation of everything that I've kind of worked on in my career embodied in, you know, how we present the bottle, how we present the spirits, how we, how we go about procuring our tequila, you know, um, and just trying to do things the right way. And I think that's, it's just an inherent thing. Like, I don't know how to do it any other way, but this way. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer. <laughs> sometimes there's a lot of heartache. There's, there's some headaches, but, you know, I think it's just this, it's just innate. It's, it's like, you know, it's like breathing, you know? And so uh, it just was a natural extension of just how I tend to operate make decisions. I tend to be very philosophical in, in, in how I approach things. I tend to make decisions uh, much more emotionally than pragmatically or logically. And I think that's that's the beauty of having Marcus here, you know, to be that that kind of counterbalance, you know. Yeah. My creative studio is called Form and Fiction. And it's really this idea like that everything has a balance to it. You have to understand technique in order to create art. And, you know, for me, you know, you have to understand a, a, a little bit of the science of making tequila to be able to craft something beautiful, right? These are all very kind of like symbiotic relationships. Kokoro is made at NAM 1604 Destiladora Bonanza. It's a smaller distillery, only a few brands coming out of there. How did you find this distillery? And and what was it like when you started putting these pieces together? I mean, you're, you're not asking Marcus to go to the store and just buy lots of tequila. <laughs> you're now having to go to Jalisco. How did you get introduced to that distillery? And, and what was that process along the way? Just trying to figure it out, right? I've been fortunate enough to make a very good friend, Ken McKenzie, who is the founder of Fresh Victor, and it's a, a, a fresh juice uh, cocktail mixer company. Okay. But Ken's past comes from 20 plus years in the tequila business. You know, he he was at uh, Republic in in Texas, yep. and um, he you know Amate, a few other a few other ones, but. Much like him, you know, we both married Mexican women. And so we, there was an affinity for all, all things Mexico. Okay. I asked Ken, I'm like, hey, like, you know the world of tequila. How do I do this? How do I make this thing into, into something? Thought about it. And he said, hey, like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. If you want to make money having tequila, like, don't do it. You know, he's like, it's going to be painful. It's going to take time. It's going to be a labor of love. 
And I said, you know what? It's good. Let's do it. Let's go figure this out. Ken immediately thought of like, well, what would be a great fit for the way that I do things, my approach to things? He's like, hey, you know what? If we could talk to the Casa San Matias family and see if there's interest from them. Like, I don't think they really do a whole lot of, you know, white labeling. They don't produce a whole lot of other brands, but they would be an awesome distillery for you to work with. We'll go, go ask and see if they're interested, you know? And to his surprise, like Jesus and Juan Pablo were just starting to develop um, Bonanza as an offshoot of, you know, like kind of their own thing. Uh, It was just the right timing. And so we went down and visited them and there was, that was only like the only distillery we visited, Wow! you know, and it was just pretty cool. Right. Like when, when we knew, we knew, and it just like the energy was right philosophically, like we were aligned and, you know, I don't, um, I don't discount serendipity, you know? And so we just went with it and, there's a really funny story about how we came to develop our plata. I originally wanted to make an extra añejo, you know, because it was this idea like, oh, how do we how do we make a, an ultra premium, you know, tequila for you know the the kind of Western American audience? And the first thing that jumped to, yeah. to you know my limited you know knowledge of tequila was like, oh, it's got to be an extra añejo because that's what everybody wants. And so I gave a bunch of of tasting notes, ideas of what we thought. Ken helped chimed in a, a, a bit. But fortunately, I had the the foresight to say, you know what, like, I would also really like for you to make something that you would be proud of. And so we go to the distillery, I'm just like, no clue what I'm doing going in and sitting there. And there's, you know, these extra yehos, a repo. And then there was this lone Blanco just sitting there at the very end. And I was like, I didn't ask for that. You know, I didn't ask. Didn't. And sure enough, we tasted everything. Everything was fantastic. But then, like, we got to the Blanco and tasted it. And everyone just collectively was just like, wow, this is cool. My head was spinning because I'm like, oh, man. Like, I had this whole idea of, like, making an extra añejo. How do I now take a, a Blanco and say, this is this is what you should have, you know? and that began the journey, the deep dive into all of this. It was one of those, it was one of those, you know, epiphanies. It's like, if you, if you hire an artist, you know, a painter, you, you shouldn't tell them what to paint, right? Because they make yeah. their art, right? And so that's really part of um, my philosophy in this is we honor the master distiller. They're the, they're the artisans. They're the craftspeople of this. This is what they live and breathe and do every day. So, you, you know, yeah. you, you have to trust them, you know, and when you do like magic happens and that's the coolest thing about it, you know, there's, for me, it was just this, this uh, immense joy of saying, this is yours, you know, and I, and I just get to like showcase it to the world. I'm sure you, you had some samples of it, you know, as you were dialing in this profile and saying, Hey, this is, this is what this is going to be when we launch this. You probably brought some back and did you get to to share it with some friends? You know, Marcus, I know you weren't officially back with the group, but did you get a chance to try it? And and what was kind of the the response from your friends where they actually, you know, you're this is real now. You're saying, "Hey, this is actually my tequila." It was it was cool. I I mean, the uh, the best response was from my wife who doesn't really drink tequila at all. She was like, "This is really good." She doesn't, you know, she doesn't actually drink much at all, but she's, she's like, this tastes delicious. And that's when I knew like, there's something here, you know, when, when people who don't normally drink tequila find something exceptional about it, we knew that we had something, you know, we had something, we had something in our hands, lightning in a bottle. That's why we pursued it. When, when you launch a brand, I, I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. Some big decisions, you know, in the process, the name, you guys, you've got that Kokoro, then you search for the right partner. And, you know, for you, I've talked to many brands and they go, man, we tried, we are just about to sign with this distillery. And then last minute, we just knew it wasn't right. Or we visited, you know, 20 or 30, you went to one and you just said, Hey, we are connected here. And and this is an incredible product. So you've got that partner there at NOM 1604. I'm sure there's a 
lot of paperwork to fill out. I'm sure Marcus is still dealing with a lot of that <laughs> as, as the brand expands, but you know, a lot of hard work to get a product that, that you can launch. You guys launched, I think it was around 2019 where, where you officially launched, had a strong launch in San Francisco at the a strong showing the San Francisco world spirits competition as well in 2020. But then a little later in 2020, you know, we all know COVID hits and California, which was, you know, your big market, it shuts down and that causes the brand to, to pivot to e-commerce and to really kind of change your, your strategy. But, but how did that impact the strategy and what have you learned from that as you had to navigate through it? Well, uh, to be clear, you know, 2019 was when we were really kind of developing the profile for this, right? Or okay. getting the samples for it. And um, I had just enough samples to to submit it to SF World Spirits. COVID was one of those things where like, was that yesterday or was that three years ago? It was, it was March 14th here when the world shut down. Yes. And that was the day that I got the notification from SF World Spirits that we had won a gold medal. And that like, that literally was... I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And then, holy cow, like we've got to shut everything down. It was crazy. But you went for 2019. You were able to submit. You had this profile because in 2019, didn't you win? Yes. twenty. It was 2019, 2020. And so that was our second. And with COVID going on, we were still trying to figure out like, how, like okay, we've got a great product. Really, SF World Spirits was a way for us to like ensure that we had some something good. We were already focused on DTC or e-commerce, mostly because that's what Marcus and I knew. You know, we don't know any distributors. We don't know. We didn't know anything about uh, on-premise, off-premise, retail, any of that stuff. And so that was really the initial kind of like start to it. Before Marcus left for Meta or when he was still here at, at Form of Fiction, he started the initial research for okay. like who would who would be our... Who'd be our fulfillment partner? How would all of this work? Because we have no idea, you know, like we're just trying to figure it out, right? Like, let's go do this, right? Yeah. School of Hard Knocks. And uh, I remember Marcus had found uh, Speakeasy and, um, you know, they were just starting their their online fulfillment system. So having those early talks and just figuring it all out and, you know, from a COVID standpoint or a pandemic standpoint, the, the real issue for us was um, just production. We couldn't get anything made, you know, this insistent to have a, a custom bottle to have certain things done. It just took forever, you know, and we, we kind of had to just scramble and find like, oh, can we just get a few bottles here? And that's, that's really what happened was we were able to kind of get just enough out here to, to test the market. We had to wait for bottles to be made, you know, and that took almost, almost a year. So the current, the current tequila that we have right now had been, has been resting or had rested, you know, for about a year. In stainless. Waiting for, in stainless, waiting, waiting for bottles. So, I mean, look, you've got this momentum, you know, 2019, you win uh, a gold, 2020, you win a gold. And then immediately after, what, what did that do to you? I mean, mentally, emotionally, I'm sure. I mean, you, you, you're doing all of this. I mean, there's partnerships at the distillery where you've got to, you know, buy this tequila and, and work with them on this. And then, you know, you can't even go there what what was that like throughout that process and, and did you ever think hey maybe this isn't maybe this isn't my thing. oh i mean many sleepless nights Doug. many sleepless nights and i think that's really the it's about when you're an entrepreneur you this is what you live and breathe and do you know it's one of those things where it's just how you operate and you savor it and you love to just figure things out you know and fortunately for us the distillery was so accommodating, you know, because everyone's going through it, right? And, you know, uh, we just had to be patient. And, you know, funny enough, when when I was able to get back down there last last fall, you know, Jesus and I were, were sitting in the car and just driving past some of the fields. And we were just talking about, like, how we started this process, talking yeah. in, in 2018 and how long it's taken. And even then, like, we hadn't received our bottles yet, 
you know, we didn't actually didn't get our first shipment of our plata until the week of Thanksgiving last year. But we both looked at the agave and um, I was like, you know what is just like the agave takes seven, 10 years to mature before it's, it's even ready, you know, and much like what we've been working on, it, it's taking time and years yeah. for us to mature. And we both looked at each other and just like nodded. And that was really when I, when I realized that this wasn't just like a, like a transactional relationship, right? There's like a profound understanding, like if we're going to do something good and right and do it the right way, it's going to take time and it's going to take some effort. And we're just very fortunate that they, they're very supportive uh, distillery family. You can't ask for, for, for much, much more than that. So feel very fortunate. And you launched, we've talked about this Plata. You launched uh, this Plata. This wasn't what you originally thought you were going to launch <laughs> first, but the, this beautiful Plata. You also have the Tequila Limitada that we'll get into as well. But let's start with the Plata and, and walk me through the process with how Kokoro is made. Yeah, it's, I mean, we we focused on not cutting any corners and trying and producing our tequila in the most traditional way possible, you know, cooking it in the, in the, uh, Ornos for, you know, two days, crushing it in a, in a Tahona, you know, using the, the well and spring water that's in the, that's in the area, open air fermentation, uh, in the, uh, pine pepones, you know, and letting the natural yeah. yeast, you know, affect, affect it distilling it in copper. And it's just, those are the ways that it had been yeah. done, you know, don't cut, like try not to do it the industrial ways or the, the ways to kind of mass produce it. You know, there's, there's just something really, really beautiful about adhering to traditional methods of production. And so for us, it's just taking that and putting a, a you know, a modern twist on it by putting it in a, in a, in a cool bottle, you know? So Tahona crushed, I mean, to be a hundred percent Tahona crushed, there's honestly not a lot of brands on the market that are 100% Tahona Crush. I mean, the efficient, it's not efficient. I mean, it is, there's no. an additional cost there for, you know, for anybody listening, Tahona is a giant volcanic stone wheel. Think of, you know, the Flintstones wheel, a giant volcanic stone wheel that's going around and, and crushing these agaves. And, and it does take a long time. Again, you've seen this process and, and you're going through it and, and you're tasting this. Did you, I mean, you knew right away there was something special here. I mean, just going there, I'm sure you've brought your wife back to Mexico to go and to experience all the beauty Mexico has to offer. What was that like going to that distillery, spending time there as, as I'm sure, you know, you, you spent a lot of time where you couldn't go there. And now all of a sudden you're able to go there and you've got the freedom to go there. What has that been like spending time with them and getting to know them better? Oh man, it was, it was awesome. Like I was able to take my whole family there. So my kids, you know, I have a 14 year old and a 12 year old. And for them, you know, you know, they grew up in San Francisco. So they've had plenty of, of, of time experiencing the, the Asian part of their, of their heritage and their culture, you know, and yeah. then to get down there and to experience the other side of it. And, you know, for me, it was really special in that, like, I've always made cool things, you know, or at least I think they were cool, but there was always some sort of digital means. And for them to see like, oh, wow, like, this is how tequila is made. This is like, the yeah. like, this is tangible, the smell, those all of those yeah. things, you know, even, even for them, like they, they loved it. And it was such a fantastic afternoon because I was able to, to spend it with their family and their kids and our kids, like it was, it was such a cool, like family business moment where we just, we were sitting down at the Hacienda having lunch and the kids were like running around the coffee fields became, became fast friends, you know? And it was just like, how cool is that? Like how often is business done that way? Not that, not that much anymore. And so that was a, a really, really cool experience for them. Yeah, this knows. I mean, look, everything you talked about for production, brick oven, mature agaves, using a tahona, uh, you know, open air fermentation, wood, this whole copper pot distillation, really, really great. I mean, on the nose here, the nose is bright. I get a lot of agave here. Uh, this, I mean, this is a really, really solid blanco. Thanks, a man. little anise. I get, I get some citrus here. 
But it's a bold, I mean, that Tahona, I mean, there's minerality, there's earthiness with that Tahona, but really, really great to drink. Marcus, I know, you know, he, he didn't give you samples back in the day <laughs> uh, when, when it first came around, but when you got to try this, when he introduced this, what were some of the things you were thinking of when you got to taste this for, you know, one of the first times? I mean, I was, I was blown away. I, I hadn't even dabbled that deeply into tequila at that time yet. So my palate was still relatively immature. <laughs> but it was it was instant tasting that and being like wow this is this is good and also a bit surprised because you know it's it's Howard's is both of ours first time making anything like this and seeing that Howard was able to go down to Mexico and spend some time there and come back with something that that good was um surprising it's it's just awesome man it's like i'm still kind of over the moon about it it just you know all of these things just happened in a in a very cool sequence way of like oh let's go make tequila oh wow this just happens to be really really good tequila and other people really appreciate it i think that was the coolest thing for me was when we first like we had this little small batch that we released out and i remember lu agave doing a review of it and yep. didn't didn't know it was coming because you know that that dude like you can't send him stuff you, you can't buy him and then like he was blown away about it. And I just remember like my heart racing going like, I love this guy. Like I've, you know, like he's like, like so passionate about yeah. all these things. And so if someone of, of that level was that, you know, uh, surprised by the quality of what we produced and like, we're, we're onto something. A hundred percent. Really. That's my mission is just to get this out there. You know, it seems like we've been doing this for a long time, but the reality of it is, is like, we are just launching, you know, the reality of it is, is like, we are just getting there to get it in online. We're working on trying to get it into, into stores, you know, into bars, into restaurants. Yeah. And look for someone like Lou or myself, some of the other guys that, that, that have tasted a lot. I mean, there's a lot of complexity for us to go, whoa, we're really enjoying this. But I also think for someone who's not as familiar with tequila to sip this, there's a creaminess. It's not harsh. There's, you know, there's a good sweetness. We've got a little bit of that pepper, but we want that. And, and there is, I mean, it's very easy to drink. So it, it will play well with both crowds yeah. of the aficionados and people that have said that in the past, no, I can't, I don't do tequila. You go try this and they go, whoa, this is, this is pretty, pretty special here. Did you have to work with him on this profile or was this, you know, that first one where he came and you just tried? That was it. Said, that okay. was it. I wish I could say that there was more to it. You know, <laughs> I wish I could make this very complicated, but it was actually very simple. And, and again, it's just when you, when you let the artisans, do what they do best. You're, you're going to end yeah. up coming, you know, away with something special, you know, why fight that? Yeah. And you've, you've talked about the the bottle and, and I'll have photos and, and we'll do some videos with this, but this is a very unique bottle. You know, this old school jug, <laughs> it, it's, this is like throughout just, you know, you want to put emphasis on what's in the bottles and, but even by doing this, you're also putting emphasis on, you know, what's on the outside of the bottles. You've got these six X's here on the front, but but that's not just something you do. I mean, there's a meaning that represents these X's, correct? Yeah. And again, it's just serendipity, you know. Originally, we put them on there because we're like, oh, like, that just looks cool. Let's just keep it. And then a, a client of ours that I was talking to, and she noticed the bottle in the background on a Zoom call. And she said, you know what those X's are? No, what are they? She's like, well, it's a Nordic rune that symbolizes the the idea of giving and receiving responsibly. And I'm like, you know, like, can you can you make this a more perfect, like, you know, how all these things tie together? And and I always tell my buddy Jeff, good friend of mine, he he always uses this this phrase that, you know, serendipity is just a road sign that you're on the right path. And so I've really, you know, honestly taken that to heart and, you know, just embracing all of these things that are, you know, that have just kind of aligned with themselves. I know throughout the past two years, a lot of brands have, you know, just production, not just tequila, but material. I mean, tequila has continued to just grow and outsell and outsell. And so that puts an impact on bottles, glass, corkage, all of these things. This, this bottle is very unique and 
this is not just a standard bottle. Did you hit any snags in the road with this and, and having to be able to, to produce this? Or, yes. You know, You're asking questions you already know the answer to, Doug. <laughs> I'm going to assume, assume that's a yes. I mean, it's really custom molds, custom, you know, we have to, it's it's not a bottle that can fit on, on a, an automatic line. So it's hand filled. Yeah, there's a, a lot of, a lot of labor goes into it. And not only for the, the Plata, which is in, in glass, you know, right now, but also when we when we did our ceramic bottles for the Limitada, you know, those are all handmade, you know, put into a, a mold and fired up. The artwork has to come from, like, it has to be produced somewhere else and then placed on and fired onto the ceramic. So yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it, and it's and it's funny because it's always the things that look the most simple are the ones that take the longest and are the most difficult to produce. And and I know right now through throughout the Kokoro brand, you've got three spirits, uh, two in the agave world, one not. But all of the bottles, I mean, this this is you're you're really going, hey, this this is the bottle. I mean, they they look pretty similar. I know you said the limitada was ceramic, but from the look, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty similar. Is that something that you're, you're just wanting? I mean, is that all part of the process? That is our focus in, in just uh, maintaining that same iconic bottle shape and making it as uh, easily recognizable as possible, you know, without getting into something that's overly ornate or garish or just over, overly complicated. I, you know, I particularly like that there's, there's a very kind of iconic feel to it it automatically tells you what's what's in there you know we made a design decision to not even put our name on the front of it you know because i I don't think it's necessary if you see it then you know that there's something good in there you know and that's really like our focus is let's just concentrate on doing that you know yeah i I love the packaging and once you know what this is and and you know the quality to see this on a shelf and and to be honest with you, not even fully know which one it's going to be. It's kind of neat <laughs> to go. I, I know it's going to be good. You know that that was the plata. In, in addition to that plata, you released a, a very small batch of your limitada, which is called a hoven, but it's it's a little more unique than that. This is somewhat of an infusion here. You've got a thousand bottles of this. What what can you tell me about this? Yeah, you know it's funny if you if you actually look on the back of this bottle, there's a sticker that covers up what we originally put on, on it. You know, it was originally called Plata Limitada. And so it was, it was this inspiration where we were waiting for the glass bottles to, to be produced. And I had contracted, you know, a thousand bottles to be produced by Onfora, which is in Mexico, a ceramics uh, company to make a thousand bottles. And that was really like what we wanted to start with first. And you know, there was a conversation of like, oh, should we just fill these with the plata that we have, you know, and get them on, get them out to market? And I said, well, that doesn't sound very limitada to me. Like, it's just, then that's just the bottle, you know, like, what can we do here? And so our master distiller said, okay, well, I've got some ideas and sent a bunch of bottles of, of samples of different things done in this, you know, uh, kind of Corrado style. You know, yeah. You know, specifically, like you know, one had the quiote, and you know, one had cooked agave, and and the the cooked agave really just like struck me as something that was a a good a, a relative of our of our plata, you know. But in a way where there's it it, it was sweeter, there was more mouthfeel to it. I I felt like oh, this could be something that you could drink if you were craving like a repo or an añejo. You know that has that a little bit a little bit sweeter, but you don't have all of that woodiness that comes from it being aged in in, yeah. a, in a in a barrel. I said, "Hey, could we could we do a small batch of this and just see?" And sure enough, you know they were accommodating enough to just produce a small batch for us as a test, as an experiment. Based on the response that we've we've received, I. We are definitely planning on making this uh, a regular production tequila. Okay, because I think it's it's pretty fantastic. And just so anybody that that's listening that is is trying to figure out what what's going on here, that you've got this is the plata, and then they're taking their own these agaves, blue Weber agaves that they are they're cooked, they're roasted, and you are infusing them. You're letting them they're resting, steep yeah. for around ten days or so. Around ten days. Tequila. Yep, in our tequila. 
Um, and then it's, it's filtered out and, and bottled. So it has that extra cooked agave. There's a lot of caramel. There's a lot of sweetness to it. Yeah. I mean, on the nose, it's definitely, it's, it's softer. It's softer than the Plata on the nose. Definitely, like you said, that mouthfeel, really good legs on it. Both of these Blancos, just really, really great flavor. This is, you know, you said the name Hoven. Was that something CRT wanted you to stick with? Or how did we come up with the name Hoven? It was uh, It was something that the CRT uh, had decided that uh, because we chose to rest it with cooked agave post-distillation, you know, they, they yep. treated it as something that you had added to the tequila, you know, and uh, unlike a, a traditional Hoven that has aged is a blend of aged and, and young tequila, this has no aged right. uh, tequila in it whatsoever. So it was just, I think it was a, a you know, matter of formality to, to get them to, to approve it, you know, and so yeah. who am I to, to argue against them? I'm like, you know what, just I'll put a sticker on it so I can just get it over here so people can drink it. <laughs> yeah, both of these are great. This one, there's a little color here. I mean, those those agaves soaking, steeping in those agaves, it's going to pick up a little bit of that color there. And and I can see where it almost does trick the mind to think there's there's some age here in barrels when, when it's not. It's just additional Blue Weber agave. Do we have any reposado maybe in the future or uh any anything i, I know we can talk more about the, what's going on in barrels for <laughs> uh, is there any, anything you want to uh, share well i think um what we need to do first and foremost doug is stick is stick to these two for now because we really need to get, get them these out. get them out right and stay focused on it and that's really like why it's great to have marcus here because i'm this I'm a daydreamer, right? I'm like, oh, what if we did yep. this? And what if we did this? And what if we did this? And Marcus is always like, hey, dude, like. The string to your balloon. <laughs> yes, that's a great. Like Walt, Walt Disney used to say that about his wife. <laughs> we strike a pretty good balance together, fortunately. But you alluded to what's resting in barrels right now. And, you know, part of part of the initial concept of Kokoro was exploring other spirits. And so, yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted to learn about whiskey we said hey why don't don't we see what it's like to create a a whiskey you know very much so like me going hey let's go make a tequila right like i don't know anything about let's go figure it out you know that's that i think i think that they're um that's part of the joy of it is being curious about things and wanting to learn something new and you know i'm learning something new about about tequila about agave spirits about whiskey every single day and it's awesome so I asked uh, one of our advisors, H. Ehrman, who's an expert, whiskey expert. He's, he's involved in a, a ton of judgings. He's, um, he's known in the industry for being an expert. And I said, H., like, if we were to produce a whiskey, what would we do? How would we do this? He referred me to Ashley Barnes and Monica Wolf at the Spirits Group, and they are based out in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And Ashley was the master blender for our whiskey. And I, and the only re- requirements, again, just as a, you know, when you have an artisan there, you, you, you let them do what they do best. Yeah. My only sandbox for her was I would love to have all four grains in there to create a blended American whiskey. Cause that's something that you don't really hear a lot of. And so she said, okay, cool. Let me go figure this out. And they procured seven barrels you know, three different whiskeys, four different mash bills, and uh, blended them all together. And it turned out to be this pretty fantastic whiskey. You know, um, we opted to, to do it uh, barrel strength. It comes in at about 113 proof. So we're not hiding anything, you know, it's all there. Yeah. It doesn't drink like 113 to me. You know, it's actually a pretty smooth, sweet whiskey. The funny thing was, H and I were at the the blending facility in in Louisville, and I was looking at these barrels, going, "Man, what am I going to do with these barrels? Like, am I going to like their sentimental value? This is the very first batch of whiskey yeah. we're like we're making. Do I send them back to San Francisco? Do I put them in storage?" And we both just kind of like were scratching our heads and looked at each other, and there was like this light bulb moment, and it was like, "Duh!" Like we have a distillery in Mexico, we should send these down and age our own tequila. 
And so that was the process of, you know, us sending down the, the barrels, you know, the empty barrels down there. And I was down there last fall to fill them, to be, to be there when they were filled. Now we get to, to see uh, what kind of extra yayo we'll have in about three years. And talk to me a little bit about that. You know, the barrels get emptied and then are you rinsing them, drying them out a little bit or they, they, they do get cleaned shipped down? They do, they do okay. get cleaned. Yeah. But they're still going to have, uh, you know, they're, they're still going to have just, Oh, it's, it's impregnated in the wood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're still going to have some of that profile through that wood here. Agave is where I live. I'm, I'm not a, a, you know, Marcus, I don't know if you're a whiskey guy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I love my tequila. So I say all that to go. I, I don't know what I don't know, but this is really good. This, I mean, the flavors in this, I could smell this all day. The nose on this, I read the breakdown of that blend and it seemed pretty complex. I mean, for, for what master blender, what they were doing with this uh, is pretty remarkable. And even like you said, higher proof. I mean, this is above anything that we can get for tequila going over 110. The first time I tasted this, I did not know what the proof was, but I immediately assumed this has got to be higher than, you know, 80 proof. And I was surprised to find out how high it was because like you said, it it doesn't taste like it's, you know, so burning there, but on the back end, there's so much flavor with this. I mean, citrus, some spice. I mean, th this is a really delicious and, and I've even talked to some other people who's had it and, and they know whiskey and they said, I really enjoyed this. This was a really good whiskey. So, I mean, you guys are continuing to come out with really solid products to share with the market, but going through this, I mean, what was it like when you were first tasting this and, and seeing the blend and how hard that, that they were working for this, but what was that like? It was pretty cool cool in that Ashley had sent a bunch of different blends for us to taste based upon the the barrels that she was was planning to procure and and depending on the the different ratios you know you would have completely different profiles and you know we both tasted independently and landed on the exact same profile and said oh this is awesome let's do this and, you know, as you were saying, Doug, like you're not a whiskey drinker, but you can appreciate yeah. what's there. Right. And I think that's really a testament to like how we want to do things at Kokoro. Even if you're not a, a tequila drinker, you're going to appreciate how good this tequila is. You don't have to be an expert in it, you know, and the more you drink, the more you learn to appreciate what's what's already there. You know, and I think that that's that's a real opportunity for us is is a way to introduce spirits in a way that is um, approachable yeah this whiskey beautiful color I, I know this also pretty limited just a little over a thousand bottles yeah is this something that in the plans i mean i know those barrels are now going to be held up for the next few years <laughs> with, with some tequila uh, but is there also you know as you get out and see what this whiskey does is there a potential for some different blends in the whiskey world there i mean there is i mean but the Again, you know, it's we have to we have to deal uh, with pragmatically what we can do now, you know. And it's just you know we're not a we're not a big uh, corporate conglomeration that can just make whatever we want, you know. And so yeah. I think this was a great experiment um, to see what we could do. Um, I think if there's enough interest into it, like we we can certainly check it out, you know, explore a bit more, produce a bit more. But right now we're, we're really focused on, on our tequilas and, you know, probably exploring more uh, agave spirits, honestly, because there's a whole wide world right there, just beyond, you know, beyond tequila and mezcal, like all the different varietals of, of agave, you know, all the different types of distillate you can, you can produce from it. So it's a, it's a fun, fun project. And I think really it was, it was mostly because, I wanted to have our own whiskey barrels to age our tequila. <laughs> you know, it seems like uh, a long process. Just yeah. To make the barrels for your tequila, but it paid off. Okay. You know, it's just that, you know, um, a lot of the barrels that are going down there are, you know, once used bourbon barrels, you know, they're coming from some of the larger brands because they can't reuse those. Right. And so we wanted to do something a little bit different. 
Yeah, it's it's fantastic. All, all three of these, you know, exciting to see what you guys continue to to work on and come out with. I, I I know that just the the foundation of this brand. You talked about giving. I know you guys also. It's very important to you that that you are giving back. There's a percentage of profit that you guys are taking, and, and you're giving back to local. I mean, local too. You know, I know there's a spot in Mexico that that you guys are investing in and, and really going. Hey, we want to stand with you. And and tell me a little bit about that because that is. Uh, very important to you guys as a brand yeah you know for us it's it's really the concept of profiting with purpose right and being able to take some of those resources and help support the resources that help us create these these uh, spirits you know the the communities there for us you know in mexico uh, we support casa hogar alegria which is uh, a young girl's home that's uh, for for girls that are without other support, you know. And yeah. it was some. It's something that's very dear to the Bonanza family, and so that's really how we came upon that decision. Was this is our distillery partner? What what organization would you like to support? You know, yeah. and that was that was their response and. It's 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 pretty awesome to be able to be a part of of supporting that, but also knowing that the distillery itself supports uh, their workers. You know, coming from the San Matias side, they were uh, they had started a literacy program back in the late '80s, early '90s. There's multi generational families that have worked there. They're equal uh, opportunity employment. And they're the, one of the first distilleries to install a biodigester you know, to kind of reduce their carbon footprint. So it's, it's all of these things. It's not just one particular thing that, that we, we support, we support a, a bunch of different initiatives, you know, um, we're yeah. a member of 1% for the planet with that, you know, a portion of our revenue goes towards um, supporting the California Academy of Sciences, uh, which does a lot of ecological research. And we also uh, support the, the USBG, uh, which is the the U.S. Bartenders Guild and their Helen David Fund, which is there to to provide relief for bartenders and their families that are dealing with cancer. You know that was that was something that was very important to us supporting the the community that is there for where you go. You know when you when you go to an establishment to have a drink, that is a gathering, a hub spot of community right there. And, you know, the the bartenders are there to be the ambassadors for everyone, right. To make sure everyone is, is having good conversation, having a good time. And so that was important for us too. No, I love it. It all seems like it's just right in line with, with everything that you guys are, are focused on as a brand so much more than just alcohol. So much more than just, you know, a, a cool looking bottle with this unique bottle. I mean, you, you really are wanting to make an impact. So I, I really love that. Guys, all, all of these are great. Everything that I've tasted here, you know, for you at home, I, I want to make sure you can go to kokorospirits.com and you can purchase this. You guys are going to start to open up markets. Hopefully we'll see it uh, more places. You know, I, I know you've been on this journey for a few years. I, I'm sure there have been a lot of sleepless nights and, and <laughs> now it's almost like, now the real work begins because it's here. No you, doubt. You've got, I see, I see bottles behind you. You've got bottles and, and now to, to educate people as to why they should be uh, supporting this brand. What has this meant to you? Have you guys, you know, both Marcus, you were there at the very beginning at that Christmas party and then to see it here to, to join back with Howard. But what has it meant for you guys as you've made it this far on this journey? Made it this far is uh is a big statement. I mean, we're it feels like we're just getting started, and that's easy for me to say because I haven't been in the trenches for the last five years like Howard has. But uh, it really does feel like we're just getting started. Howard's put so much work and passion into coming up with such great products, and now we're just excited to get them out there. Howard, for you, I mean, going through, I'm sure there's been a lot of conversations with your wife, friends going, what What are you doing as you've continued the past five years having to deal with, you know, what COVID brought? And, and now you're really to the point of going, okay, now it's time to really show the world what Kokoro is. But what what is it meant for you? This is something that, again, I, and I 
I think I said this before, it's, it's the kind of culmination of all the things that I've been passionate about and have done throughout my, my, you, you know, career. It's really cool to spend your time and your passion building something that you love and that you care about. And, yeah. you know, to have spent this time doing everything as best as I could do it and as passionately as I could do this to finally have an opportunity to get it out there and let people know about it, you know, is, is, um, incredibly important to me, not because of like, it's a cool looking bottle or it, it it tastes fantastic or tastes great. It's really that giving people an opportunity to understand, like philosophically, you can approach creating things a certain way. And that's really like, where the the heart of all of this is, you know, like it's our namesake, Kokoro, you know, it's heart. It's this culmination of like our, our knowledge, our our experiences, our emotions, and and using those to drive intention in everything that we do. And that's really the whole spirit of this, you know, um, being intentional, being purposeful about it and being honest about it and having integrity with how you do things. You know, that's really the most uh, important part of all of this for me. And I think what's beautiful is it's not it's not just brand values; those are quite personal. Yeah, it's 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 bigger. It's bigger than just you know what what's in the bottle. It's bigger than alcohol. It's bigger than you know just a, a spirit. There, there's a lot that's very important to you guys here, and, and I can see that, and, and 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 I love that. That's why I do what I do to build community. <laughs> to, to to build yeah. community, uh, everyone's got a story. Yeah. People matter, and, and to build these relationships and, and to live life as you're building these relationships with these people is a pretty special thing. So, guys, congrats, congrats as you've you know you you've been on this journey. It is here. You know, you're, you're starting to continue to expand and to grow. So excited to see in the future, kokorospirits.com. If people want to learn more about it, I'll have that linked. And, and like I said, you can go there and you can purchase, you can purchase the tequilas and you can purchase the whiskey and, and to try them all. But guys, thank you so much for, for your time and for, for being on the show. Howard Marcus, congrats and cheers. Hey, you know what, Doug, you know what, Doug? You mentioned our you mentioned our website. Why don't we why don't we hook you and um, your audience up with a, a promo code? What do you got? Let's do it. Let's make a let's make a code. What do you want, Doug? Do you want Agave Social? Do you want iHeart Doug? How about iHeart Doug? <laughs> Definitely don't want that. Let's do Agave Social or Agave Social Club, whichever one, and and, and I'll and I'll get it out. And for people that yeah. uh, you know want to buy this, I, I don't I don't know what the promo code is going to get them. It's going to be a little surprise. But if if you want to set set one up, uh, that would be great. It'd be awesome. Man. You know, I, I I really appreciate it. I know, like I can tell that you do this out of passion. Yeah. You know, like that's really the inspiring thing for me is seeing people like you who are just like completely immersed in it and loving what you do. Thank you. The fact that I get to be a part of this or just to even have be a part of that conversation is, is truly the kind of inspiring portions of it for me, you know? So keep doing it, man. Like you're rocking it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Salute my friends. Thank Cheers. you. Have a good evening. See ya. That was Howard Coe and Marcus Jasper with Kokoro Spirits. You can go to kokorospirits.com and as you heard during the episode, type in Agave Social at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your first order. Be sure to follow me at Agave Social Club on Instagram and TikTok for daily agave content. I'm Doug Price and thanks for listening. <laughs>